0: Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. The word that the Lord gave me today, it's, it's a little bit of a, a teaching, it's a little bit of a word, but more it's a warning and it's direction. And I pray that we heed it for those who follow on YouTube um, and for the young people especially. The message is called separate. The Bible says that God is holy and that we should be holy because he is holy. The word holy means separate. It's different. It's set apart. It's not combined with. It is its own thing. And there's power in unity. In scripture, the Bible says that when the brothers dwell together in unity, that it's as precious as the anointing oil that flowed down Aaron's beard, when the body is in unity with the spirit, there is power because he is the head. His spirit, we are the body. In other words, he controls us and we do his work, his will. We're all working together following his lead. But there is a false Unity with the devil always perverts things. There's a false unity in the church and in the world that's used to promote this idea that everybody has to agree. And we have to just all do this just because if you buck the system, then you're causing disunity and you're the problem. Sometimes the system is the problem and God's the one bucking it. I think Jesus would have been kicked out of most unity movements. Well, he was kicked out of the synagogue for that <laughs> many times, yep. many times. Paul was kicked out of pretty much every city he went into for causing trouble in the religious establishments. Stop. No, he got stoned. They thought he was dead. They threw him out of the city, he got up and went back in and preached again. But the fact of the matter is this. God has to be the one leading, and we have to be in unity with him. We have to be in agreement with him and his word and his direction and what he's doing. And it's very easy for people that are led of another spirit to get in and start pushing their agendas and say, you have to go along with it for the sake of unity. That will get you in agreement with demons. That is an antichrist spirit tactic. And it's going on in the church, but it's going on and it's about to go on on a scale we have never seen before in the structures of men. Abraham, the Bible says that he believed God's word and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. When you hear from God, what God says, if you believe God, that is counted unto you for righteousness. Righteousness is what he says is right. If you are in right standing... You are doing what he says is right, believing in Jesus, getting cleansed, repenting of your sins, being cleansed by the blood, being filled by the Spirit, and being led by that Spirit, only those who are led of my Spirit or my sons, God says. You have to be led. You have to do what he says is right. You have to believe him, his words, not men, not doctrines, not governments, not all of these other things. You follow the word of God. Because in the end, that is the only safe place to stand. People have put their faith in governments, in politicians, in world systems, in economies, in courts, in in Formicaea, in all of these different things. They've put their faith in men and preachers and denominations. And the Bible says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that only that which cannot be shaken will remain. What is the only thing that cannot be shaken? The Word of God. It is a firm place to stand. Everything that people think they understand is about to be turned upside down, stripped. Even the heavens. The Bible says even the heavens will be shaken. And I am telling you, probably within your lifetime, you're going to see even the heavens changed in a way that, according to Scripture, it tells about these things happening where the sun and the moon is darkened, the stars fall, the, the skies are changed. There's these burnings, there's these fires, great... Mountains falling into the sea, something that sounds very much like an asteroid falling into the ocean, causing the seas to roar and the waves to roar and to become poisoned and to become bitter or irradiated. There's all of these things happening in Scripture. Everything that you're used to, even the very sky itself, will fail you. God will prove that nothing can be trusted but the Word, because he told us all of that would happen. You look at the sky and you say it's going to always be this way. His word says different. Your faith in that's going to be shaken. But if your faith is in this, it won't be. He's going to do it in every aspect of our life. Abraham had a faith. The Bible says if we have the faith of faithful Abraham, then we can be counted righteous too. Abraham did not allow this world to be his home. Abraham had a promise for a better home to come. So you have to remind yourself constantly, this world is not my home, I'm only passing through. Because I already see the church going so far off track because they're so worried about losing the world that they know. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9, it says, By faith Abraham sojourned in a land of promise, As in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles, which was tents, with Isaac and Jacob, his sons, the heirs of him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He didn't settle anywhere. He didn't make this world his home. He didn't get to establish that this is mine and I'm going to fight for it. He was looking for a city whose builder and maker is the Lord. It wasn't even physical Jerusalem that we look at now that he was even waiting for. He was waiting for New Jerusalem, the promise that's coming now it's coming to a location, so God sent him to that location but he never settled on anything. there were people he made good friends with different uh, tribal leaders in the area and there were times where they asked him to settle in, stay, move in with us and he told them, no, I'm looking for a city that the Lord has promised me he said i'm going somewhere. I can't stay here. It's not my home. God has something better for me. And the Lord is telling me right now that we better get that mindset in our spirit. Because in the coming season, a lot of people are going to have to move in the quick. They're going to have to follow God. They're going to have to do these things. If the Afghanistan Christians would have had this mindset of this is my home and I'm going to fight for it, those that ran to the mountains and saved their lives wouldn't have because there comes a point at which you just have to go with God. We're only passing through. Our purpose here is to be missionaries. We are in the world, but not of the world. While Abraham was in these places, he set up tents, he had flocks, he worked, he raised kids, he had a life. We do those things. We have jobs, we have families, we have homes. While we are here We have to stay in places like Abraham did. But I'm telling you, do not plant your heart here. Don't make it your home because home is where the heart is. If God has your heart, then heaven is your home. But if the things of this world have your heart, then you've made your home here. And you will end up fighting against God because he is coming to fight against this world and its systems. And this is what I'm seeing happening. The church is beginning to move to fight against God because they're fighting to keep the systems that God is fighting against. And they don't realize what they're doing. James chapter 4 verse 4 says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world makes you the enemy of God? Whosoever therefore will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God. So my question is this, the Bible talks about Babylon, mystery Babylon. It's an empire that runs the world kind of covertly. Uh, There's a seventh world empire and it's destroyed. It's destroyed by God. In Revelations chapter 8, he talks about when he himself comes and, and tears this thing down. And then the Antichrist comes in and tries to build something up on the other side of it. It only lasts a short time, and then Jesus comes and wipes that out and brings in New Jerusalem also. So, if God is the one tearing down Babylon, and you are fighting to keep Babylon, are you fighting against God? So let me ask you, who has run the world for the last several hundred years? You can answer that one in your heart. God is tearing down Babylon. And if you're trying to save it, then could you be fighting against God? Luke says in chapter 9, verse 24, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he shall gain the whole world but lose himself or be cast away. There's a reason that God is allowing the things that are happening right now. And we have to understand who God is and how these things have happened in Scripture so we can understand our place in it. When God allowed the plagues of Egypt to come on Egypt, he was doing it for a reason. Remember, God allowed the plagues on Egypt. They cried for deliverance. We've been crying for revival. We've been crying for deliverance. We've been crying, God, come. But when the plagues come on Egypt, we start freaking out and trying to save Egypt. God allowed the plagues to come on Egypt to make those people ready to leave it. They were pretty comfortable in it. Even though they were slaves and things were not good, we saw how they acted in the wilderness. They would not have left Egypt if those things hadn't happened, if it hadn't have gotten so bad. They had to be ready to leave. And there are things coming on this world that are going to be bad because God is tearing Babylon down. But he's doing it because he wants his people ready to leave. He's trying to break your hold on the things that hold you here. Tribulation comes to separate the wheat from the chaff. The tribulant tool is what's used to beat the the chaff loose from the wheat. The plagues of Egypt came specifically, each plague attacked one of the gods of Egypt. There were things that they had put their trust and their faith in. And each plague attacked specifically the power of that God to show them that these systems will fail them anyway, so don't trust them. Follow me, I'll be your covering. The things that are happening now is because that there is a greater judgment coming and God in His mercy is showing you don't trust the false covering or the systems of man to be your protection or salvation from it. I'm showing you now in advance that they are dysfunctional. They do not work. Even in the small measure of things we have just experienced in the last few years, God is attacking the idols, the gods of Egypt, People put their faith in politicians and politics. It failed them. They put their faith in the courts. It failed them. They put their faith in the medical system. It has failed them. They put their faith in the economy. I'm telling you, it's about to fail you. It's going to disappear in a day. There's going to be a quick turnaround for this nation. God is breaking your faith in the gods of Egypt, and thank God for it because the more he does it, the less likely we are to try to clean when the time comes to run to him. Remember Lot's wife. There's a reason he's doing these things, because only God can save us from what's really coming. I tell you, this is going to be a little bit of a different message, but there's a reason the Lord wants to release it. There's something big on the horizon. So I'm telling you now, don't take the mark of the beast or any reasonable facsimile, which we cannot name so that we don't get scrubbed from the internet, to save your job, because the jobs are going to fail anyway. It's not going to be for any good reason. Don't do it to get into a shelter when the earth situations start happening, because those won't help you. About a year or so ago, you might remember, there was a very bad earthquake in the Caribbean it was an island, and they told the people on the island that you can't get into the shelters. There's there's volcanic ash filling the air, glass cutting their lungs. You can't come into the shelter or even get on a boat to leave the island unless you take this thing. Yeah, that if we name, we'll get banned from YouTube and scrubbed from the internet. Well, I'll put it. I'll put it. I'll tell it to you this way. Our body is the temple of God, right? The Bible talks about taking an abomination into the temple of God, so we'll say it that way. If you take an abomination into the temple of God, you couldn't get off the island. What if the calamities are global and the same tactic is used? Will you take the mark of the beast for the promise of safety? I'm telling you, it won't save you because what's coming is so big that no structure of man will survive it. Jesus is the ark. He's the only way of escape from it. I was praying a couple of months back in the living room, and then the Lord gave me a word about shaking the heavens, and as soon as he said it, this huge thunder just came out of nowhere, and it was so loud it shook the whole house. And my little beagle was next to me, and it scared her so much she jumped up and she ran into the bedroom and went under the bed to hide from it. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, now, if the house was really falling down around her, would that bed save her? Or would she have been better to run to you so that you could swoop her up and take her out of the house? I said, she would have been better off to just run to me. He says, remember that. The structures of man will not save you from what's coming. Stay close to the king. He can take you out of the situation in a moment. He knows what to do. So, you know, many of us know that there are difficult times coming. Many people are preparing. It's not wrong to do so. But get your heart in the right place. I grew, we grow gardens. We've done it all of our lives, okay? If you plant a garden, don't depend on that garden. Depend on Jesus. Because it might just be the thing that makes you choose to stay in Sodom when God's telling you to run from it. Watch your preparations that they don't become a snare. Uh, Many of y'all know Carrie in Baton Rouge, you know, about a few months ago, a month or so ago. she, She called me and she said, I keep trying to plant a garden, but it doesn't ever work out where it just, she says. And so I stopped and I asked God if I'm supposed to even plant this garden. And he gave me these scriptures and the scriptures were basically making the point. Don't bother. Just be ready to go. And so she said, what do you think? I said, well, we've been getting a lot of you know, stuff about Baton Rouge in that manner, and people in Baton Rouge have been getting kind of the same thing too. So she says, I don't have a lot of money and resources. She runs a rehab house, so all her money goes to the service of the Lord. She said, I don't have a lot of money and resources. I don't want to pour a bunch of money into a garden if I'm not going to be able to use it. So I said, well, seek the Lord on rather to plant a garden or get a bug-out bag. So she sought the Lord, and her direction was to prepare a bag to grab and go. Well, we all know the storm came through. If she had planted that garden and built her beds and done everything, that the yard was demolished. She'd have lost it all. She'd have lost her resources. But because she prepared her grab-and-go bag, she was ready when they announced evacuate and was out. She was ready because she sought the Lord for the right thing to do. And I think in the situations that are coming, too much preparation that's not ordained of the Lord because he will tell you to do whatever is right for your place. He will tell you, hey, I'm going to send people to you that you need to help, so why don't you get this stuff ready? But let your heart be ready to listen and not to stay and to defend your plot in Sodom, if that's what it comes to. God is doing things right now to get us into the mindset to be ready to go. The Antichrist spirit is setting the stage right now and he's going to sell the people on the same lie that was the claim of Egypt. The reason Egypt was the leader of the world at this time was because it was placed in the midst of this vast land of chaos, this desert that was just so harsh. It was hard to survive, and they touted themselves as a place of escape from the chaos. Come to Egypt, and you'll be safe. The Nile is here. You'll have provision. You'll have food. You'll have protection. You'll have covering. You'll have all of these things. The Antichrist spirit is going to do the same thing. It's going to tout itself as a shelter in the midst of chaos. I will build something for you that you can use, that you can escape the chaos in. That's why God pulled the Israelites out to show them that He was their protection from the chaos, even out in the wilderness. In fact, Most people probably don't even understand this, but do you know why the pyramids were really even built in the first place? For the same reason that the Tower of Babel was built, to escape the wrath of God. They wanted to build a structure tall enough to get them above the possibility of another flood. That's why the Tower of Babel was built. Nimrod said, I'll put myself in the place of God, just like the Antichrist spirit, to be worshipped. I'll set myself up in the heavens, But according to the historical records, they were in rebellion, and they knew it. God had told them to spread out. They weren't supposed to build the city. They weren't supposed to try to control and manipulate the people. But he wanted to be like a god. So in case God judges me for my sin and rebellion, I'm going to build a tower so tall that I'll be safe from any flood that might happen to come to judge me for it. I'll escape the wrath by my engineering. All of the megalithic structures of that era were the same—the pyramids. That's why you had all these huge because they had a memory. They were close enough to the flood experience to know that it well to believe that it could happen again. They didn't have the promises to to understand what was happening there, but they were built in pride. They refused to obey God, so instead they tried to out-engineer God. I I, I prayed with a woman the other day, and. She was just very, you know, dead set. This can't, we can't be in the end days because in the Bible it says that in the end days they'll shake their fist at God and and they won't even heed what he's saying. We're not right there right now. We're not right there right now. But at the same time, they're part of processes that are trying to out-engineer judgment. Instead of repenting. Instead of preaching righteousness and repentance. Instead of getting out there and saying, okay God, I will agree with you. It's well, we got to get the right politicians in to fix this. we gotta, we got to get enough people working in the schools. We have to out-engineer the judgment. The Bible says God gives you leaders according to your lust. If you have a bad leader in there, it's because the church failed to do their job. They're not preaching righteousness. They're not preaching holiness. They're not evangelizing. They're not spreading the gospel. They're fighting the system backwards. They're trying to do things in the physical and think it will affect the spiritual when we're called to do things in the spiritual and watch it affect the physical. They don't want to give up their sin. So they're trying to outbuild the judgment for it. I truly believe, and I can send you to teachings that will kind of help you to better understand this. We won't have time to get into it tonight if you want them. Just let me know. I'll text you. We've done teachings on them before. But when we're talking about the wrath of God, The Bible talks about a time of tribulation where the world will come against the church and the Christians, but then after that, there's a time of the wrath of God where God's wrath pours out on the earth and on the wicked. It's the same event that happened in the time of Noah's flood. That was the wrath of God. That was something so massive that it was geological, it was global, and it was astrological. The Bible says that God made a covenant with Noah. It's called the Noahic Covenant. There, we have teachings on all of that as well. There are ordinances to the Noah Covenant. The Bible says that God would promise that he would never destroy the world by way of flood again, and then he gave the ordinances of the covenant, if we keep the ordinances. okay. The Bible also prophesies in Isaiah that in the end, God will have to destroy the earth again because we did not keep the ordinances of the Noah Covenant. But he will keep his part, even though we didn't keep ours, he won't do it by a flood. This time it'll be by fire. But it's the same event that is happening. It's just that we no longer have the, um, they called it the vapor veil, the moisture in the atmosphere and the water that was there when the fountains of the deep broke up. So now because there's not that there, you're going to have more radiation and heat and more astrological issues and more geological issues. Now, all this is laid out in Scripture. I don't have time to teach it. We have teachings on it where it describes what will happen. And there is no Hollywood movie that can come close to the chaos that will ensue. The Antichrist government is going to try to build you a false ark, a false covering. It's going to be that Egypt that offers you safety in the midst of the chaos. Do not trust it. The structures of men cannot save you from what is coming. Only God can. I truly believe that that wrath event is starting again. It's already starting. When you go back and study the things that happened in the earth and why, we're already guilty. We've broken the Noahic covenant. Things like abortion, things like homosexuality, things like the things that are involved with the um. Abomination in the temple, we were just talking about. All of those things were happening in the days of Noah, and they were things that were uh, commanded against. When those things are pushed in your society, there is a demonic agenda that knows what it is doing. It is trying to force God's hand to push this wrath. Again, God is a judge. There are things He has to do. When there are laws set in motion, He has to obey them. He does not desire to. That's why He calls us to evangelize. Go tell them the truth. Tell them to repent. Get them saved. Move in evangelism before there's no more time because once this thing is set in motion, there is no stopping it. When things like the blood of millions of babies is on the hands of a nation, When things like the annihilation of the entire Christian population of an entire nation like Afghanistan is on the blood, on the hands of your government, you are pushing the tide of judgment. And once it's set in motion, you cannot stop it. There is a window of repentance, but that window closes just like the ark. The door closes and there is no opening it. We are there. It is happening. The leaders of the world know that it's happening. They are trying to prepare for it, and they are jockeying for position because they know the chaos that it will cause is going to topple empires, and they all want to be on the top. They want to have the best spot, the best place, the best opportunity to survive it. They want to try to come out as the new Babylon on the other side of it. They don't know what they're dealing with. But that's how the enemy, his pride, he always works in pride. And so he doesn't comprehend that he cannot stand against God. But I know this is hard to understand without all of the backing in scripture to kind of lay this groundwork out. So if you haven't been here, this might be hard to grab, but there's too much for me to teach it through right now. I just have to get this message out. But I'm telling you that they will offer ways of escape, but you're going to have to take the mark of the beast. Just like that island, if you want to get into the shelter, it won't save you. The Bible says that men will be in the dens of the earth, in other words, in underground shelters, crying for the rocks to fall on them. They will not be saved from this thing. So when they threaten your job, don't take it to keep your job. That's going bye-bye. When they threaten to take your property, don't take it to keep your property that's going bye bye if you understand the scope of the destruction that is coming it just breaks your tie to all of these material things that might they might be able to use to convince you to join the system because none of that stuff's going to be worth it that's why god said it's all going to burn it's all wood stubble and hay don't trade your eternal soul for it it is worthless it's going to be ash on the final day that wasn't a metaphor It will literally be ash. What happened to Sodom and Gomorrah will happen to the whole world. The Bible tells us that what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah was given to us as an example in a time when people would begin to live ungodly because the wrath of God had to be poured out. Everything was turned to ash. It will happen again. But the Bible also tells us that for those who kept their faith in Jesus and refused to be part of these systems, that they will be seen singing in the fires like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they will not be burned. So trust in God. He's the only way of escape from it. I'm telling you this because you're going to start to see some things. And as these things happen... The powers that be and the governments and the people that are in the know are going to start manipulating it to try to get you in fear and in agreement with their plans and agendas. But if you know what's really happening, you won't fall for it. That's why I say that many of the people now, even in the church, really are shaking their fist at God in defiance already when they're trying to rebuild many of these structures and systems that are falling apart right now because really they're trying to build their own ark. It's not going to help them. I've seen whole movements remove people from evangelism and preaching the gospel to focus them towards building infrastructure in the nation or politicians and politics when they could be saving the souls and running and getting the people saved while they still can, They've taken the people out of their places and put them in politics and all these other things, and it's all about to topple anyway. It's a huge deception, a waste of the, inner, in the, the time. It's a trick of the enemy. I, it's Like I told some of them, it's, it's, you're, you're washing dishes while the house is on fire. There might have been a time for that where that was good and okay, but I'm telling you, the house is burning down. Get the family out. Run while you can and go tell them it's burning. Get out. Stop trying to put it back together. In fact, I kind of saw it when I was talking with somebody. I had this visual of the Tower of Babel falling. It's beginning to crumble and fall, and the church is like running around picking the bricks up and trying to put them back in the hole and, you know, just trying to keep it from falling, and it's like, get out of the way. It's going to fall on you. The tower is coming down. According to Scripture, Babylon falls. It's going to happen. So let go of the sinking ship and climb into the arms of Jesus because he can walk on water. He is our supernatural ark, the only way of escape from what's coming. The system is falling. In fact, everything will fall. The only thing that will remain is the truth that Jesus gave us, the way of escape that he has made for us paid for with his blood. Don't trade it for Egypt. They've already proven that they can't overcome judgment. Put it in your spirit now that you have to be ready to walk away from everything. Focus on Jesus coming and be ready not only to be him, but to bring as many with you to him as you can. It's time to run the race of evangelism again. Luke chapter 21, verse 25, it says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations, perplexities, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the son of man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. And when these things began to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Understand this passage. I want you to understand the scope of what is beginning to happen. All right. Now, I'm not saying the, the wrath thing is about to happen right now. We still have a little time for that. But there are birth pains, there are signs, there are earthquakes, there are beginnings of sorrows in diverse places. You will see things begin to happen that will culminate in this event that is so big and so grand that is geological and astrological and supernatural all at the same time. The Bible tells us that there will be signs in the sun and in the moon, in the stars, it will cause distress in the nations that there will be perplexity. People will be at a loss to understand what's happening unless they know the scriptures. It says that the seas and the waves will be roaring. Okay, not just the waves, not just the top, the entire sea is roaring. That's like huge tsunamis. It says that men's hearts will fail them when they look at what's coming on the earth. That means you'll be able to stand on the earth and look at something coming from outside of the earth towards the earth, and people will be so afraid that they'll have heart attacks from it. When your worldview, when your reality is shaken to that degree, and they tell you, we knew this was coming, and we have a way of escape, but you got to take the mark to get in. We have seed bolts. We have bunkers. We have systems. We have all these things. We are building our own city. It's, it's, in fact, it's going to be an antichrist that's going to come in, and there's going to be something that's going to convince a lot of people that it is Christ that's coming to save you from it. They're going to fake New Jerusalem. A lot of this stuff is going to happen to convince people to join the system. Do not trust it. It won't save you. And I know that this has already started, not only because we are seeing the signs in the earth, the shakings, the quakes, the storms that are getting ridiculous, uh, the North Pole practically coming down over us in Texas last winter, all of these strange anomalous things. But there was a congressman this week who made a comment, either in frustration or in arrogance or in ignorance, doesn't matter, he made the comment, He was asked a question about climate change and his reply was well the heads of NASA are briefing Congress that the moon's orbit is changing around the earth and the earth's orbit around the sun is changing so unless you can tell me how to move the moon then we can't then we can't affect climate change. And they kind of laughed about it. I was like oh you don't want to move the moon and all this and that and they're like oh he's crazy. Well, rather, it was he was seriously asking them to do it and he's crazy, or he was being sarcastic and making the point that it's not humans causing climate change, there's something much bigger going on, is besides the point. The fact of the matter is that this NASA is briefing Congress that there are changes in the lunar orbit and in the Earth's orbit. All right? That's how you know the wrath event is starting, because part of the description of it. In Isaiah chapter 13, verse 9 says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel, both in wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stores of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease. And I will lay low the haughty of the terrible. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth shall move out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. It's already starting. God is showing you the birth pains. He's showing you the beginnings to let you know that these things are coming and they won't be stopped. So don't fall for the deception that is coming that they can give you a way of escape from it if you stand against God. It will not happen. These things in Scripture are true, and I'm telling you, everything you think you know, you better humble. You. That's why it says He's going to humble the, the arrogancy of the proud. You better humble yourself now and just give up everything you think you know and go back to the Scripture because what it says is actually what's going to happen. It's happening. It's the real deal. NASA did publicly come out and release um, reports and papers and documents that they say that within the next few years we're gonna see huge inundations on the Gulf, on the coast of rising waters because of a moon anomaly. They said there's a wobble, there's something wrong with the moon's orbit. They did announce that publicly. What the congressman said kind of brought it a little further in mentioning that the earth itself was was being moved out of her place, which is what the Bible says will happen. The word of God is true. It stands. And it's already began. And I'm telling you this because when you begin to see some of these major, major natural catastrophes, birth pains happening, and you begin to see nations going to war, jockeying for position, trying to get into the best position to survive it, then you're going to be so frightened and confused and not know what's happening that you will be more likely to, to run to them for help. It's a false covering. It's that bed that my dog ran under. I'm telling you, run to Jesus. He is the only thing that can save you. This, that this passage tells you that so few people will survive the calamities that are coming that men will be more precious than gold. In other words, there's not many of them left. Very few will survive this. So that takes away your fear of martyrdom. You can stand for God because... Most people aren't going to survive it anyway, even if they try to turn against God for it. So we're about to start feeling some very serious tremors to this major wrath event. Just like when a woman has a baby, the, the labor pains, when the time comes for the birthing, the labor pains start first, and there's one here and one there, and then there's more, and then there's more, and then they're closer, and then all of a sudden it's constant. The actual major event that is going to be so destructive to the whole world won't happen until right, right, right before Jesus comes. Like Just like Noah's flood, there was 40 days. It's going to be about 40 days. But there will be signs leading up to it. There will be some major quakes. There will be some, some events, some signs in the sun and the moon. Those things are going to start happening. And they're going to start letting out a little information here and there, but it's going to be mixed with deception and mixed with fear. Know the truth. Know the word. Get it in your spirit now that this is our call to run with the message of Jesus and to get as many on the ark with us as we can. This is the time for evangelism. The church has been busy washing dishes while the house is burning. They don't even really know that it's on fire, so it's time to tell them. Stop trying to repair the burning house and focus on getting the family out. The things that trigger the the wrath of God, we touched on it a little bit, the blood of the innocent, abortion, these things break the Noahic covenant. The major thing is the failure of the church to spread the salt, to get people saved, the death of the saints. God's judgment has to come on Mystery Babylon. In Revelations chapter 18, we're not going to read it, the whole chapter, you can read it, it's God's judgment on Mystery Babylon and on the financial system behind it. It says he destroys it in one day. Part of what it says is that it's because that the blood of the saints was on her hands. She funded and allowed the Christians around the world to be martyred. She did nothing to stop it. It's an economic system led by a city in a harbor who declares that I am a queen and no sorrow shall ever come to me. I can't fall. America can't fall. We can't fall. Actually, God's been warning about this very strongly since 9-11, the first time the towers fell. Talking about Babylon. We're not going to go through it. There were so many warnings in that. Many of you know the, the harbinger teachings that paralleled with the scriptures. It's happening. Babylon is falling. On top of everything that we know, people are dying by the millions all over the world because of that same thing that we didn't mention a while ago. And we know that by fact because we know many, we know people who have and we are involved as ministers and, and even in the, the work that Danny does, we were involved in afterlife care. People are dying by the millions, and that thing originated here. Do you think that there is not going to be a judgment? The Bible talks about Nineveh and how they will be judges against us because they had no Bible. They had no evangelists. They had no churches. They had one man that came and preached one sermon, and the whole nation repented. America has two churches on every corner, a Bible in every pocket, the truth right in your face, and she still has not repented, and worse yet, she has blood guiltiness for all of this on her hands, and yet she sits a queen and says, I will not be judged, no sorrow will befall me. It's sad because whenever I try to give this message to most churches, that's the answer that I get from them. Nothing can happen to us. We are the apple of his eye. Do you know what happened to the real apple of his eye? Many, many times. He loves the church too much to leave it in such deception. He will strip it, and in the stripping, there will be an equipping, and then we'll have real revival. There will be one last push of evangelism and we're going to have to preach this message and tell them what's really happening. And the world will hate you for it and the false church will come against you for it because they're going to be part of the Babylon system, the Antichrist church, and they're going to try to stop the real thing and there will be persecution. But you're going to have your great and mighty end time harvest because everything that's written will be seen right before us, just like we're starting to see right now. So we're coming to a close. This is where we are right now. The system is going to fall. I would suggest to the church and our YouTube people and those that follow us, stop wasting time trying to put the bricks back in the Tower of Babel. Go out, get people saved. Tell them the truth, tell them what's happening so they don't fall for the deception that's coming and join the system that are going to be rebuilt right now, the Babylonian system, that, the system that has been in play is falling. The, the American economy is about to lose its world standing. And just like in Revelations 18, it'll probably happen in a day, and it will cause panic. The Bible says in Revelations 18 that the merchants of the earth will stand afar off and look at it and throw dust on their head. There will be such mourning and just amazement and confusion because they don't know, what are we going to do? The economy of the world has just stopped. Then we're going to see some major disasters coming mixed in with this. We're going to see some of those birth pains really soon, some big stuff. We've seen some big stuff. That ice storm last winter was, was out of this world. It was not normal. I mean, we had spring flowers that froze solid, like ice age stuff in the yard, like, you know, things, birds froze on the trees and just fell because it dropped down so low so fast. Those things are not normal. Those are earth anomalies, but there are bigger things coming. You're going to see some major quakes like this nation hasn't seen in a long time. You're going to see some big things. When these things start happening, the systems are falling, the economies are falling, um, there's natural disasters happening. We're seeing things waken volcanically all over the earth. We're seeing things happening. The people are going to get very scared, and then they don't have the things they've been used to relying on. You're going to see huge food shortages. That's already in the works. The Bible talks about famine and pestilence in all diverse places and earthquakes. That's what Jesus warned. Famine, pestilence, and earthquakes. That's what you're going to see. As this happens and the systems that we have now fail, it's going to be followed by a great deception that the Antichrist system will use to help to build the new system. He's going to say, you don't have what you need to survive this, and it's going to be really bad, and he's not, they're not going to tell you what's really happening with all of this stuff. They're going to give you some twisted story to make you want to join them and what they're doing. But it's to provide a false covering. It's a false security from the shakings. It's Egypt in a sea of chaos. And it won't last. Everything will be shaken. And eventually everything will be destroyed in the final judgment. Jesus will return. And those who have died, maintaining the faith and righteousness, will return with him. We will live and rule with him in New Jerusalem and then we will go out and help to heal the nations. That's what's written, and that's what will happen. Now, while the Antichrist systems are being built, because we're about to see the fall of the system that's in play now. When that falls, the Antichrist system is gonna rush in and try to build up a fake New Jerusalem, more or less. They're gonna build up their own global empire that's gonna try to to give you security but it's gonna come against the Christians because they're gonna be speaking against all its lies and deceptions and manipulations because it's what's happening is because of them and the things they're doing and they're killing everybody in the process because it's led by demons who only come to steal, kill, and destroy. So while the Antichrist system is being built and promoted as the source of salvation from what's coming, the remnant will be in a race of evangelism trying to spread the truth and get people to the real ark of safety. Finally, at some point, close to the end of all of this, the Antichrist will convince the people that the problems are the Christians' fault, just like Ahab blamed Elijah for Israel's woes when he was prophesying that they needed to repent and that all of this was because of their sin. They turned it back around and said he was the man troubling. And that happens with the two witnesses and with all of the Christians in Jerusalem in the Scripture. And the Antichrist gives the order to kill them. The order is given for all the Christians to be hunted and killed. This is part of tribulation, but it's right at the end. There comes a point where he wipes out a majority of the Christians, but that won't work because we're coming back. How frustrating for the devil. So the point of my message today, I know this is a lot and strange and, and a very weird message, the way that it all came together, but he just sat me down and said, here, tell him this. And be ready to tell others, too, because when the shaking starts, some will start to listen to you. The point of the message today is to be willing to separate. Run the race of evangelism while it's still day. Don't compromise to stay in the system because it's falling anyway. Stop playing and start praying. We really are in the last leg of the race. We're in the last moment of this dispensation of grace, so make it count. You were born for such a time as this. I don't know how long I've been up here, but go ahead and open Matthew 24, and we're going to close with this. I'm not going to teach on it or preach on it. We're just going to go ahead and read it because it's Jesus' words. It's his overview, and it tells us exactly what will happen. I'll go ahead and just read it through probably the whole chapter, and we'll just end it there. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, see ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now this is interesting. I told you I wasn't going to teach, but I will tell you this. They were proud of their temple. They said, look at this. Look how beautiful. Look how amazing this temple Jesus' reply was, there's not going to be a stone that won't be thrown down. Do you know why? Because Herod built that. He remodeled it. Herod was a type of antichrist. They were so proud of this beautiful church that the antichrist had built. Jesus' response was, I'm going to tear it all down. Don't fight to save it. The zealots died because they fought to save it. They fought against God, thinking they were fighting for him. And remember that Herod was also the one who tried to kill Jesus. When he was born, the church was praising the works of the very man that tried to kill Jesus and stop their redemption. They're still doing it, but they don't understand it no more than the disciples did in that moment. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? and of the end of the world. So this is Jesus' description. This is no man's opinion. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. This is the Lord's message to you today. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. The word Christ means anointed. He is the anointed one. Now there are many who claim to be the Christ, but there are also many who claim to be anointed, that are not and they will give you lies and deceptions and cause you to fight against God and not even realize it. They shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. This is where we are right now. But it's not what you're used to, a famine here or there. We're talking about global famine. Not a pestilence here or there. We're talking about global pandemics. Not a little earthquake here or there. We're talking about nation-splitting earthquakes. These are just the beginnings of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. That's during the time of the tribulation. They will turn against the Christians. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. There's going to be a great divide, even within the church, the sheep from the goat, the wheat from the tares, those that are believing the lies of the Antichrist system, and all of those things, and those who are believing the word of God, They will be offended and betray one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. They're going to fight against each other. But he that shall endure to the end The same shall be saved. This is why Jesus said, don't try to save your life. You're going to end up losing it. You've got to endure to the end, maintaining your righteousness, your belief in Jesus, and your demonstration of his teachings. This world is not your home. You're only passing through. Don't fight to keep it. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all of the world For a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. This is part of your great end time revival, because the remnant's going to know what's really happened, and then they're finally going to preach the real gospel. The gospel has been preached all over the world, but it's not been this gospel. It's not been the real gospel. It's been men's opinions and the doctrines of demons. There's been some real and some true. There's always a remnant, but there's been such a mixture. He said, when this gospel, when the truth is preached, And when persecution comes in and it divides the goats from the sheep and you get a real, true, purified church led of the Holy Spirit, they are going to go into all of the world and preach the real message. And they're going to be backed up with power and demonstration. They're going to be hated and persecuted and killed in the process. But they're going to do it. This is about the call to run to evangelism that we're about to move into. And then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. The abomination that maketh desolate is uh, described in Daniel. It's when the Antichrist sets himself up in Jerusalem and declares that he's God to be worshipped. He'll tell you that he's the real Jesus. He's come back. He's the Messiah. And he's here to save you from all of this chaos. There's going to be a fake. There's always a counterfeit before the real. Wait for it. He says, when you see this, just run. Run to the mountains because it's coming. And let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field turn back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child in that day and that give suck in these days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor shall ever be again. There will never be a time on earth ever before or ever again that will ever be as bad as this time period is. It says don't love your stuff enough to stay. Don't think you're going to prepare enough to stay in that place. Be willing to run. Follow the Lord into the wilderness. He is a good husband. He will be your provider, your protection, and your provision, just like he was for those who were willing to leave Egypt. You're going to have to separate from the system at some point. Don't compromise to keep it right now. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. That's because of the things, the atmospheric anomalies that are coming. it talks about the it, that it would burn up all of the the trees and the grass and all of these things, and the seas would boil and all this stuff happening. So the day is actually shortened, but that talks about when the uh, there's so much smoke in the atmosphere from the volcanoes and all of those things that the the Bible says the sun will only shine for a third of the day. You'll only be able to get light in for about a third of the day, but that's actually a mercy because there's so much heat getting in otherwise that no flesh would survive it had the Lord not allowed that to happen. Um, I mean, we're talking about huge things. The Bible talks about wormwood as being the size of a mountain, and it's cast into the sea. That's an asteroid, impact. I mean, there's not much else we can imagine that would be. It says it poisons two-thirds of all the waters in the world because of what comes from it. So we're talking about huge, huge, huge things here. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. This will be part of the great deception that is coming. There will be those who will claim great things. Believe it not. The counterfeit will come before the real thing. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. That's a pretty good deception. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chamber. Believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. In other words, don't, don't believe it when the Lord, when Jesus comes, the whole world's going to see it. You're, nobody's going to have to tell you the Lord is here. The Lord, Nobody's going to have to tell you, hey, that's the Messiah. You're going to know. Okay, this was all happening during the tribulations, and then at the end, Jesus comes, it says. And then immediately after the tribulation of those days, this is where the wrath of God pours out. This is the event that's triggering now that we're starting to see the signs of in the the earth and in the, the skies. This won't happen until after the tribulation when Jesus returns, the major event, but you'll have birth pains that lead up to this birthing event. So immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with great power and glory. Why are they mourning when the Lord returns? Because they realize what a deception they have been in. They have been fighting against the ones who were believing the truth. They have trusted in a false system, and they're about to be judged for it. The nations are mourning what they see happening. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to another. Now learn the parable of the fig tree, when his branches yet tender, and putteth forth leaves. Ye know that summer is nigh. In other words, he's saying you may not know the day or the hour, but you can tell when summer's coming when you see that fig tree starting to put on some small leaves. So when you start to see the things that we're seeing now, know that it is nigh, even at the door. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled, the ones that begin to see the signs of it. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Everything people have their faith in, in the earth, and even in the heavens, is going to fail them. But his word will stand firm. But of that day and hour no man knoweth, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Because it's the same event. It's the same thing that's happening over again. As far in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. So the major events, there's, it's still everything's going to be pretty good except for you're going to have some birth pains leading up to it. But everything's going to stay intact until that final moment when the Christians are taken out and God comes and pours that last 40-something days of judgment. And they knew not... Until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Because some maintained their righteousness, and some didn't. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not the hour that your Lord doth come. Be prepared. But know this, If the good man of the house had known in what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not that the Son of Man cometh, who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his house to give him meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find doing so. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and to drink with the drunkards, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour in which he not expected and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth so for those who are watching and waiting and continuing to do the work of the kingdom it will not be a surprise he's coming as a thief in the night but we are not of the night so it won't be a surprise for us but for the one who says oh he's not coming that's not happening he's not coming right now that's way off that's way down There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth because he will not do what is necessary to maintain his right standing. He will join the system. So I know these things are heavy messages, but I'm telling you if you really get into it and understand the complexities of the things that are happening, then you should be excited. And once you break ties with this idea that you're fighting to keep your Home and your comfort here, and you realize that we have a better home coming like Abraham did, then you can be excited. He says, when you see these signs start to come, look up and rejoice, for your redemption draweth nigh. There is so much better coming on the other side. If you truly believe what the Word says, get ready to run the race of evangelism. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. The Bible says he's going to pour out great exploits on those in those days. He's going to use us in mighty, impossible ways to live as Christ, to die as gain. If you die in the process, then you just graduate a little quicker and you get to come back a little faster. But there's going to be great reward on the other side of this. Let me tell you something. Martyrdom can be a lot easier of a death than some natural deaths. Do you really want to hold on for one more breath but lose your soul in eternity? Will you join the system for a fake shelter that's not going to survive the shakings that are coming anyway? The devil knows what he's doing. He's just trying to destroy souls and get you to be in opposition to Jesus. But there will be a deception. He will convince the people and even the rulers of the earth that he really can save them, but he can't. When the Bible gives the description of what will really happen in the time of the wrath, It says that God will punish the kings of the earth and the rulers that are on high. It means that the kings of the earth were working with demonic forces. This wasn't men's ideas that are happening. These wasn't the ideas of just evil, crazy men who put these things in motion and sets up these systems and these mark of the beast things and comes and hunts the Christians. These are instructions that are given by demonic entities that hate God And they know what they are doing. When you compromise and join it, you are joining them. That's why God said that if you become the friend of the world, you make yourself the enemy of God. You are fighting against him, his children, and his purposes. I was praying the other morning and God gave me a word to deliver to a group of intercessors and it was such a shaking word and and I had this vision with it. And it was like, you know, because everybody's like, oh, God's not doing this, and this is this, and, and, and he's going to save us, and we're going to turn us around, and America's going to rule everything again. We're going to be stronger than before. And, 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 it's, and they're shaking their fist because he's the one pulling it down. Now, he's not evil. He's not wicked. He pulls himself back. He stops restraining. He allows the enemy to come in because of sin. But... There are things that he does do, and he does bring wrath, and he does tear the system down. And he's saying that there are things that are happening that he is doing. Don't fight against them. And I saw a lion approaching, and it's like this snarling, growling lion. And I'm walking with it on the side, and there are only a few behind it but the majority of the church is like a multitude in front of it, railing and throwing stones and and fighting and cursing and coming against it. He's coming as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's coming for war. Read who he is in the book of Revelations. His vesture dipped in blood. It's the blood of his foes. Most of the church and most of the world is standing in opposition and railing against the lion of the tribe of Judah that's coming in judgment. And there are very few walking with him. If you're walking with him, then you are protected. He is your protection and provision. He's right there. But if you stand with the world system, you're standing against him. And you don't even understand what a dangerous position that is. So the altars are open. Lord, we ask you for grace. We ask you for understanding. We ask you for clarity. In this season, Lord, we ask you to break away any ties that we might have to the world system, Lord, any desire. For, for security of men, Lord, to trust in who you really are, that you are love and provision, that you are a good husband, Lord. We pray to be strengthened right now in the inner man, Lord. We pray for you to give us direction as we run with evangelism to tell others what is happening. And they will not like the message. But nevertheless, just like you said to Jeremiah, I'm going to send you to the nation, and I'm going to give you a message that I'm going to send the wine cup of the wrath of my indignation upon every nation for their sin and their wickedness he said and as I send you Jeremiah they're going to hate you for it they're going to get mad this is a true call to biblical evangelism but you got to tell them the truth because souls are going to be lost they're going to go to hell and they're not even going to know the truth of what's happening around them oh Lord those that are saying that you have no place in this or truly decreeing that the enemy is somehow stronger than you because he's getting over. On you No, nothing happens except that you allow it. Oh, Lord, we have to quit trying to change your idea and who you are and come into agreement with you, Lord, and repent of our own sin and pride and wickedness. Lord, we trust you and we thank you that you will equip us to be used mightily in these last days, Lord. We thank you that you are coming again, that we can look up to the heavens as we see the signs of these things approaching. And we can rejoice because we know that you are coming again. You are coming so soon, Lord. We've been preaching it for generations. And every generation preached that it was coming. But we can truly say that it is happening. We are seeing it happen right before our eyes in such big and undeniable way, Lord. So we pray against the lies, the great deceptions, the the plots and plans of the Antichrist system that are being laid right now to entrap men. Lord, we pray for exposure upon them and we pray for you to raise up a nation of a people a holy righteous priesthood that will speak the truth and will call men to separate from it and be holy unto you in the name of Jesus this message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries to learn more about our ministries please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com